turning into a world star right in front of her very eyes. And it's that man again, Hakimi, on that right-hand side with his pace, awareness, a little give-and-go. They get attracted to the ball. Sancho slides it in. It's effective. It's class. All set. Oh, cool. I am all set. We are all set. Everything is good. Borussia Dortmund is all set. It seems like it. And we are enjoying a high that we really hope is going to last. What do you think about that, Ryan? Um, I, can you repeat that? Sorry, I zoned out for just like a split second. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, bro. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay. This episode is cursed from the beginning. Like, we had difficulties recording this one. Like, so many logistical issues. But now it's all good. So I said that we everything is good. Like right now for Borussia Dortmund as well, we are facing a high right now, and we are enjoying it. It's something that we want to 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 stay for the rest of the season. Oh yeah, uh, I would absolutely agree. Dortmund are they're kind of just on fire right now. Like there is, like you could like when you watch them, you can see it and how they play. Like just the the. Uh, the, their their connection with each other, their chemistry on the pitch, but also their like their passion for the game. Like they're they're not just doing their job; they're they're enjoying their job, so to speak. Like like when you when you enjoy your job, you you never have to work a day in your life. The old saying goes, and I think right now yeah. that's exactly what we're seeing with Borussia Dortmund. They're they're not just going to work; they're they're excited about work. You know, they're they're excited to go to go play football. Like they're they're having fun. They're they're enjoying it, and I think that's reflected in their uh, their form lately. Like they they have just been absolutely on fire, and and I think I mean obviously we've talked before a lot of that comes back to Erling Holland and how influential he's been on the attack. But I think one of the more understated impacts for the uh, squad has been Emery Chan. Like like Chan is obviously. Um, a, a great player, a solid central defensive midfielder. He's flexible. He's versatile. He can score goals. He can protect the our goal at the other end of the pitch. But I think um, a lot of his impact isn't necessarily statistical. Like like when we look at Erling Holland, we can look at his goals and say, okay, this guy scored like eleven goals in eight games or whatever, and it's pretty obvious that's an impactful statistic. But what we don't see with Chan is like his presence there is no like presence statistic they don't say like you know chan is in the midfield and therefore like these passes aren't happening for the opposition and stuff like he his presence in the midfield has been vital i think for dortmund especially uh on defense where dortmund were struggling like the the attack for dortmund has been pretty solid all season i mean obviously there were a couple games where we felt like we should have scored five or six goals and we only scored you know two or three but Dortmund are on pace or I believe they have currently tied the record the Bundesliga record for number of goals at this point in the season and mm -hmm. I think um I think it's when you look at that it's kind of interesting to see that they're not in first place you know you would think that yep. having tied or set the record for the most goals in a season through this point you would be at the top of the table and Dortmund, yeah. as close as they are to the top of the table, still sit behind Bayern, who has not scored as many goals as Dortmund has this year. And that can be a little mm -hmm. confusing or frustrating. And I think um, one thing to keep in mind is that 
while Dortmund were scoring goals, a lot of goals, they were also conceding a considerable considerable number of goals for a team at the top of the table. And uh, up until, you know, the past couple weeks, they were conceding, you know, two, three goals a match, even if they were scoring three, four goals a match. And you, you can't, you can't, you know, your whole season can't be this battle of like trying to just outscore your opponents at a certain point you you have to outscore your opponents but you also have to shut them down on the attack and Dortmund have struggled Mm -hmm. with that especially in the first half of the season especially in the opening months of the season and that's something that Dortmund have clearly figured out since then and I think one of the big factors in that is the arrival of Emre Chan you know uh, since Chan has come around I think it relieves a lot of the pressure on it uh, Axel Witzel in the midfield because uh, Witzel, you know, he's he's a crucial piece to Dortmund's puzzle and he plays a very critical role in the midfield. But there's a lot of pressure on him to kind of cover. He's kind of the last line of the of defense minus you know the the wingbacks and the fullbacks, um, and I think or the wingbacks and the centerbacks. And I think that is um, I think as good as Witzel is, I think it's just too much to ask for one player and I think adding Emre Chan uh, especially while Delaney has been out with injury has been monumental for Witzel because he he specifically Witzel actually looks like he's having more fun than he was before like like he he was involved defensively before and he you know he was solid but now he can really like exploit his strengths for the better of the team and for the for the better of the the match you know and i think chan kind of like complements his style in the midfield because both of them are they're, they're i mean i don't want to call them like physical monsters like they're not like huge guys who are just bodying everyone they see but there is a physical presence that they both provide in the midfield that that two is better than one so to speak like i think uh, Chan kind of just like he builds on the presence that Witzel provides and that relieves a lot of the pressure on you know Matt Hummels, uh, Dan Axel Zagadou and uh, depending if we're running three or four at the back it could be relieving pressure from Guerrero or Scholes and then Hakimi or Pishek and I think when there's less pressure felt by individual players I think they can perform better you know and I think when there's less pressure as a collective like the, when when the team functions as a whole like it has been lately, especially defensively, there's a lot less pressure in general on the whole unit. Like, like the unit knows that if everyone's doing their jobs, the team is going to win. And I think Chan and Witzel are both very consistent and do their jobs very well, as does Hummels. And so far, it looks like Zagadou has been doing his job very well. And I think that, that kind of like um, solidified central pitch like setup is huge for Dortmund like I I'm thinking about uh Bremen trying to find space or PSG trying to find space in the middle of the pitch and they just had none like like there was just no room to work the ball right up the middle of the pitch and that's something that you know Dortmund had struggled with in the past there were a lot of gaps at the back especially in the first half of the season that teams were able to exploit for quick goals and matches where Dortmund had, you know, 60-70% of the possession but ended up drawing 2-2 or something, which was just it was I remember on podcast we were talking about how frustrating it was to control the possession and then just not reap the rewards of having that kind of possession and with uh with Chan in the midfield now our possession 
is more meaningful because we we don't like if we turn the ball over, there's more there's more um support at the back and there's more like consistent support and I think when when there's more consistent support, it it lets the uh, the attack feel more comfortable and playing a little freely and and making more runs in behind and you know going going for those quick you know one two passes and then all of a sudden breaking on a run in behind the opposing back line because they know if the if the pass doesn't pay off that they've got the support they need at the back to to give the attackers time to come back and help as well and like we're seeing players like Holland, Sancho, um, Brandt when he's healthy like they're coming back and they're also playing like they're they're helping out defensively like there's everything that Dortmund is doing they're doing as a team right now and like that isn't necessarily entirely the work of Emre Chan, but I think his presence helps with that. Like he is, he is very much a team-oriented player, and I think signing him through 2024 was immensely beneficial for Dortmund. And I think it kind of tells you that Dortmund isn't just like they're they're in it for the long run. Like like obviously there's questions about how long will Sancho stay, how long can Dortmund hang on to Erling Holland, but like. They're start Dortmund's starting to look like a team that is a championship team, and like, what? How long we can maintain our contracts with some of our better players? That that time frame I think extends when you look like a championship team or a title winning team, because people at the end of the day players want to play for teams that are going to win titles, and I think a lot of good players have left Dortmund in the past because they felt there were better opportunities to win titles, mm-hmm. whether domestically or um european titles at other clubs you know bayern munich just used to basically buy dortmund's best players because bayern munich was even when dortmund was at its peak under jürgen klopp bayern munich was still like the kings of the bundesliga but you know i think right now dortmund looks like they're building something that can make them the kings of the bundesliga and i i think if they're the kings of the bundesliga it makes leaving a lot more difficult for players like Sancho, for players like Holland, for players like like Chen, like like Brandt, like they want to compete for titles, and if they're in, like, there's no doubt that the environment at Dortmund is a great environment when you've got consistently the best attendance in Europe. Like, there's there's a clear support and passion from the fans, and the players have always recognized that. And I think if the players have their all of their pieces to the puzzle you know if the Dortmund squad if that puzzle is complete it it, it's already got the support of the fans and it's already got the support of like the uh the management so there's it just makes it harder for players to want to leave when there's so much positive to look to at Dortmund and now that Dortmund are able to you know they're allocating a little more money towards some of their star players than they used to be able to do. You know, they're financially more stable than they've been in the past. And that helps them as well because, you know, as as great as the support is from the fans, like money talks and players tend to follow the money. But if the money can stay at Dortmund and if the uh, the sort of the the success can follow, then it makes it a more more of a of a like a a dream destination for players like Dortmund shouldn't be the place where players want to go when they want to get discovered like Dortmund needs to strive to be the place where where players want to go because it's Dortmund like people should want to go to Dortmund because they're a great club and they're a successful club and they want to play at a high level and I think right now Dortmund is like at the latter end of that transition from a club 
that showcases young talent to a club that builds itself you know like like i think dortmund has taken a step further recently if that makes sense yeah i like i couldn't say i couldn't have said this more like you covered every uh, um like every aspect of what really happened since this the restart of the, of the league since the the end of the winter transfer because I think that it's safe to say that Borussia Dortmund was very successful when it comes to winter transfers, and the fact that we recruited players like Haaland and and Chant, who can like you know cover for for you know who who has really showed his own you know his own merit in playing in the midfield for us, and also Haaland who obviously scores he doesn't stop scoring goals. I think that that gives back confidence to the team and I in the last games except for the game against Werder Bremen in the cup for the last last few games I saw that we are more because as you said we cannot be we cannot afford to be the team that scores goals and also concedes lots of goals like it happens with for example Hoffenheim like for the last few seasons they were like a a team that was scoring shitloads of goals, but they were also almost receiving as much goals as they scored. And that's a good attack. Okay, that's cool. But the defense sucks. And if your defense sucks, you're not going to win any 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 uh, any silverware. And if, if you don't win any silverware, you can always be the team that showcases, as you say, the stars. But... That's not the team that's gonna like keep the stars, you know, here. So I, I can I can totally understand if if we win any silverware this season, that is going to increase the chances of our major players to stay by the summer. I can totally understand that if we win any uh, comp- any silverware, that any titles, that Sancho will be more, you know, reluctant to leave the team for teams that are actually struggling to win anything because I say that he I see right now that he is linked with Liverpool and with uh, Manchester United so if it is like really Manchester United right now they are like struggling so on so many fucking levels and I don't see him leaving there leaving for for that team if we get any uh, title hopes this year or, or next year but uh, uh, on the other hand as well, when you see the players who are like very confident and at the same time players who take responsibility for their own actions. For example, the example of uh, uh, Emery Chan who is really like, he, he, he's been sort of a new leader in the absence of Marco Royce, uh, as I can see. Like for, for him b- being there, Next to you know Mats Hummels, next to Lucas Pitek, who has a very good, who had a very good influence on the team, next to our youngsters like uh, Ashraf Hakimi, who has, who has a great season this season. Like we have, we have some very interesting numbers. Like our players are amazing when it comes to statistics. What we see this year is is incredible. And for example, we have that we have. Uh, top assists from Jaden Sancho, Ashraf Hakimi, and Torgan Hazard in the in the top five. Like 14 assists from Sancho, 10 from Hakimi, and nine from Hazard. And we are in the top five with three players for Dortmund. You know, 
and there is also Haaland who is already on uh, I guess nine goals if I'm not mistaken nine goals so far in five games I guess in the Bundesliga just correct me if I'm mistaken it, it might I can't remember if it's nine and six or nine and five I, th- I okay. think it might be nine, nine goals and six. in six league matches yeah but like regardless yep. that's that's still like like that's Robert Robert Lewandowski levels or of consistency and like you know yep. like he is he is basically just like exponentially decreasing the gap between Lewandowski and him for in the race for the golden boot which like I mean obviously it's kind of like half ironic to talk or like not half ironic but like half kind of like snarky to talk about like oh you know Holland competing for the golden boot like realistically it'd be very absurd for Holland to to make a run and somehow get the golden boot for the Bundesliga this season and like I don't want to like discredit Lewandowski obviously like Lewandowski is a world-class player but like I mean, it's kind of fun to talk about the idea of Erling Haaland playing only half of a season with a club in the Bundesliga, winning the Golden Boot. Like that would be absurd, and I think, I think that kind of would reflect as well that transition we were talking about earlier, where where Dortmund isn't just looking to be a step on the ladder for players looking to find their destination club. Like Dortmund wants to be that destination club, and I think, I think there's. There's a lot to be said for that, and like this season, even even if we aren't able to win a title this season, I feel like like if we can keep a the same squad for next year, and if we can stay healthy, I feel like there's a lot to look forward to. But I, I mean, right now there's there's still a lot to look forward to for this season as well. Like I don't want to make it sound like we can't win the title or anything. I just don't like I, I don't want to get too optimistic. Because we know that Bayern, like, at the end of the day, I think Bayern, Leipzig, Dortmund, and Mönchengladbach, like, whoever of those four finds a way to win the title, it's going to be the one that has the best success against, like, the those those the three other clubs in that group. Like, like I don't think how, I, I don't think Dortmund, Bayern, Leipzig, or Mönchengladbach are going to struggle with the uh, the lower half of the table moving forward for the rest of the season. Or at least they they shouldn't. There might be like one or two slip ups, but I think like how those clubs perform against each other and their matches remaining, like I think that's gonna really play a big factor in deciding who wins the Bundesliga because the race is just so tight right now. You've got Bayern in first with forty nine points, Leipzig in second with forty eight, Dortmund in third with forty five, and Mönchengladbach in fourth with forty three, and then Leverkusen's even tied with Mönchengladbach. So. And Mönchengladbach is actually, they've only played 22 matches. Yep, which they have, they they have ha- a so match. They, yeah, exactly. They have a match in hand. So that, that tells you just how tight the race at the top of the Bundesliga is right now. And like four, four or five points seems like a huge margin, but that's just, that's like a matter of two games right there. Like two games could change the entire dynamic of the race for the title. And that's, that's why I think the matches between Dortmund and Bayern, Dortmund and Leipzig, Dortmund and Mönchengladbach, and then the other three against each other, that's why those are going to be so influential in these final few months of the season. And, I mean, it's it's going to be exciting. Like, like, if you're on the outside looking in, if you're just someone who is cheering to watch the Bundesliga to see what happens, you know you're in for a fantastic and dramatic finish at this point. And, like, I think as Dortmund fans... 
even if we even though we want Dortmund to win and we we really think Dortmund has a chance like we also should try and like enjoy what's what's ahead too like it's going to be some really high high firepower football like there's there's a lot to look forward to whether you're a supporter of Dortmund or just like a casual Bundesliga fan like there's there's so much that could happen in these final few months and it assuming that these teams continue to perform at the level that they're performing it's it's anyone's title at this point and like I think it's gonna make for a very exciting finish from a from a neutral perspective from a Dortmund perspective I want to see Bayern, Leipzig, Mönchengladbach, Leverkusen. I want to see them all fall apart, and I want Dortmund to just steamroll into first. Like, obviously, that of would course. be the dream. But, like, from a neutral perspective, there's going to be some great football on display. Yeah, of course. Like, that's that's completely logical. But uh, I I can... It's safe to say that I am with the, with the part of of, you know... I am all with all the other team collapsing at Dortmund winning at the end. Yeah, that would make uh, it very my... easy for us. That would make it actually it'd be pretty enjoyable too. Like I don't want to like winning the title. It, it, realistically, it, I don't care like what happens for us to win it as long as we win it and we do it like fairly. Like obviously, if Dortmund found a way to cheat, which like I don't even know how they would begin to cheat, but like I, I would never want someone to win by cheating. But like whatever it takes for Dortmund to win within the rules of the game, like give, give it to me. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, as you, as I said before, like you covered every fucking point about this, you know, about what's happening right now. And I just hope that for the next games, we, we are, we are in for uh, big, big games. Yeah. Going forward. Like we have, okay. We have next Freiburg on Saturday, Mönchengladbach, PSG, Schalke, Wolfsburg, and Bayern. So we are on these, you know, we are we are in these like weeks in which we're just gonna have important game after important game. Just after Bayern, it's gonna be lighter a little bit. It's gonna be Paderborn, Hertha, Fortuna, Düsseldorf, and Mainz, and then Leipzig and Hoffenheim. So I uh, th- these these last few, these last like. These next uh, weeks are going to be on fire. I feel, I feel that if we play the same way we played the, these last couple of games, we're not gonna have any trouble either getting closer to the first position in the Bundesliga or like getting to the fir- to the next rounds in the uh, UEFA Champions League. Yeah. That's for yeah. That's for like the current. Uh, state of affairs in Dortmund. Did you see uh, our former players who scored goals this weekend? Did you see uh, Kuba Blasikowski's free kick? I did not see Blasikowski's free kick. Is okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to say that to you right, right now. now. I did see that uh, Obama Yang. Uh, I think he scored a brace for Arsenal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Paco scored as well, but Blasikovsky's free kick was awesome. I'm gonna send you the link. Awesome. I mean, I you, I love Blasikovsky. Like I remember, um, when I first started getting into football, specifically Dortmund, he was uh he was at the end of his stint with the club, and I just remember like like playing FIFA and thinking, how is this guy rated so low in this game? Like he was like a, a 79 in FIFA. 
but I used him like he was Marco Royce. It was crazy. And I remember just thinking like, man, I wish Dortmund could keep him for longer. And like, I mean, I still love the kid. Like he didn't go to Bayern. So like, I'm not really upset that he ever left, but like, I, I, I always wish the best for him. Like he's a very likable guy, a likable guy, a likable player. He's just like, he's just fun. Like he's, he's, it's hard to not like a guy like Black Tchaikovsky, you know? Yeah, of course. And he's and he's game as well. I, I I always used to love his his speed and his runs. He's fucking quick, and also his foot, his his right foot is a fucking you know he's a cannon. The, the way he scored goals when he was with Borussia Dortmund, and the way like you know he was and he was a fucking a very good player on the in, on the right you know right wing position. Next to Mar- well, Mark Royce used to cover the left wing, and he used to cover the right wing, and it was a fucking great deal. And and they had and they had goods in the middle of them, and Lewandowski ahead. So it was like the dream team back then. And yeah, yeah so yeah, I'd, I just sent you the link if you wanna see that that free kick. And yeah, Paco scored a a very good game, a very good goal against uh, Atletico. Oh, sorry, Atletico Madrid, but the the Villarreal still lost three to one. I think Isaac as well came out with an interview for a Swedish sports ma- sports magazine. They asked him about Borussia Dortmund, and he said that Dortmund is part of his past, but it's not going to be a part of his future. Yeah. So we had yeah several like posts on Twitter that we saw about that and people were like, oh my God, no, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, okay, if he doesn't really want to be a part of Borussia Dortmund, like, good luck, bro, it's it's okay. I have also a picture with Hakimi versus Alexander-Arnold. Like, they are the, the uh, fullbacks with the highest amount of assists in Europe. 10 assists each and they're both 21 years old they both have two goals and Hakimi played 23 games and Arnold played 26 so that's a cool picture as well it's and it's comparing the market value as well because Hakimi is valued at 45 million while Arnold is valued at 110 million so these both these players are, have have a very nice future you know ahead of them I really wish because this is like this this summer is going to be the end of Hakimi's loan. So I really wish he stays with us. I really wish we can do something to to keep him in for a long time. We also have Brandt who came back from injury, which is very good. He's going to be very handy in the next games. Marco Royce is due to come back uh, on March 4th. We really hope he has a swift return because we really need everyone on board for the next games. And other than that, we're very excited about how, how, how the team works. Zagadou is gaining experience and confidence as well. I mean, Pichek is, is playing a huge role in the back with his experience. As we said earlier, Emery Chan and Axel Witzel have like the best you know, the best chemistry in the midfield and they are both strong players, like both character, strong character and also strong players when it comes to keeping the ball. Chan also, you know, uh, cor- corrects or solves his, he, the, the 
the problem he he creates you know in case he loses loses the ball or something he is also trying to correct the mistakes he makes i mean Rafael Guerrero great player as well Thorgan Hazard very good first season with Dortmund Jaden Sancho i can't really say anything about him he's fucking amazing with 12 goals and 14 assists right now it's 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 huge for a player you know who is you know who is mostly a player that is wanted by all the teams in Europe right now uh, he can go like he can go literally anywhere for him it's like Barcelona is just you know just something that's around the corner he can he can he can like travel to any fucking other country and play for any major for oh let me correct myself it's 13 goals and 14 assists so yeah. that's so that's that's epic man and only in only in uh, 21 appearances he already has 27 he is involved in 27 goals in 21 appearances in the Bundesliga uh, other than that yeah we have Haaland as well who is being amazing and we will it's okay that because we will for sure see some of our dear players leaving the summer that's only you know we've, we've seen people leave and come and go it's not it's not a problem so yeah i think that's about all i wanted to talk about if you want to add anything ryan just go ahead um i think my final thoughts would be Let's go take care of business with Freiburg on uh, Saturday, and let's just keep the momentum going. You know, it's it's been a few weeks where we've played consistently good football, and I'd like to see that continue. I don't think I don't think there's a reason that should stop, and I think um, especially with two of our key players returning from injury, either already in Brandt or in the next couple weeks with Royce, I think there's um there's there's it should only get better from here, which is kind of crazy to think about because, like, it's already feeling pretty good. But uh, if it gets better, then, I mean, who knows what could happen? Gotta, We just got to see where it goes, I guess. Like, the pieces of the puzzle are all here. Now it's about, like, putting them together and making it work right. And if it doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, think there will be a lot of pressure on Lucien Favre if something goes wrong in these upcoming weeks or, like, something goes horrendously wrong like it's it's kind of it's kind of his job to lose now he's got the pieces for a very nice puzzle and if he doesn't find a way to make it work I think it's going to be hard to defend keeping him as the manager but if he continues to orchestrate the type of performances we've seen in these past couple weeks I think there's a lot for us to look forward to so I'm I'm going to go with that's what's going to happen and I'm going to continue to stay optimistic and hopefully Dortmund doesn't give me a reason to lose my optimism. Oh, that's cool. I understand. Yeah. Well, we're all in the same boat at this point, And I really hope we're not going to be disappointed this season. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and uh, enjoy your weeks. <laughs>